0: Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Austin, and it is—I mean—I hope you guys are all having a good week. Things here in Michigan are certainly shaken up. Uh, I, you know, weather today high of 79. It is now currently 61, and we're going to get down into the mid 40s uh, going in tomorrow. So uh, I know a lot of people say this about where they live—that uh, you know, give it 10 minutes and weather will change—but apparently, it really, really is a thing here in the great state of. Michigan. So we're just going to have to pivot, switch back to the old, uh, you know, jeans and, and and hoodies for a couple days here, it looks like. And then hopefully we can fully embrace uh, summer as we're halfway through May. But hope everybody's having a great day. Thank you for joining us. And uh, really excited to bring this week's episode to you as I am joined by John Dufresne of Kinetic Consulting, uh, former ranger. We're going to get into all kinds of different stuff about training. Somebody who I have. I uh, followed a lot with his YouTube videos and his content online. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen his videos. He does a lot of reviews on optics and, and gear and gear setups. Uh, puts out a lot of really, really good information. So we're really looking forward to this discussion. I was very happy to be able to uh, snag some of his time on the calendar as I know he's busy traveling around the country uh, teaching courses, everything from, you know, uh, marksmanship and fundamentals to night vision courses and things like that. Uh, so it should be a really, really good discussion. Very much looking forward to this and being able to pick uh, pick his brain on some training things. I think you guys are going to very much dig it. But before we can get over, as always, right, to the discussion with my guests this week, I have to say thank you to our presenting sponsors. Uh, we are really, really blessed here to work with some awesome companies, and now I'm going to tell you who they are. Uh, thank you, of course. To our friends over at Midwest Gunworks, you guys, if you are looking to pick up some uh, pieces, right, some parts, maybe you need to finish a build or upgrade that, you know, off the shelf AR-15 that you bought a couple of years ago when things were getting kind of funky in town, right, need to maybe upgrade your bolt carrier group, maybe you want to get a different barrel, right, you're moving away from an A-frame site, you need a low profile gas block, Midwest Gunworks has you guys covered. Head on over to MidwestGunworks.com. You can use discount code PreparedMindset for 5% off your order. Guys, they have everything you need. Barrels, uppers, lowers, stocks and furniture, magazines, lights, optics. Uh, they even stock Edgar Sherman Design slings now. Whatever you guys need. Maybe it's a new firearm, right? Getting your wife, getting your kids into shooting, or maybe you're just picking up something else for yourself because why the heck not? You deserve good things, right? You deserve nice things. Head on over to Midwest Gunworks. Dot com. Again, discount code prepared mindset for 5% off. Fantastic, fantastic company. Been in business since 1997. Guys, if they say it's in stock, you're going to have it. Go check out what they got and take advantage. Thank you as well to the folks over at 100 Concepts. Had Jonah on, talked with him. Uh, great, great discussion. You guys should go check that episode out as well. But 100 Concepts is a dynamite company doing all kinds of really cool stuff in this space. Really, really thrilled to be able to call them our friends and our partners, Garrett, Pierce, Jonah, really, really good guys. Their scope caps, their light caps, very simple ideas executed in a very simple way while maximizing its effectiveness. If you've been on Instagram, on the internet, right, these are very, very popular solutions to a very common problem as we all run white lights or you should run a white light on your rifle. So head on over to 100concepts.com, pick up some scope caps, pick up some light caps. Maybe while you're there, check out their pack and helmet scrims. They're dropping new patterns, right? Like their multicam uh, Tropic just dropped a couple weeks back. Been very, very popular. They got their chem light kit, their chem light refill kit. And you can even pick up one of the Rain 3.0 lights from Cloud Defensive. 100 Concepts, do good, be dangerous, live free. Head on over to 100concepts.com. Thank you, of course, also to LARP Labs. Guys, if you want to paint your rifle, that's badass. Looks great. We talk a lot here about camouflage and how important it is that your gear coordinate with the biome that you're in and help you blend in and not make you a more bold target. But some of these optics, some of these lights, some of these lasers, the warranties on those, we pay a ton of money, and the warranties are not always friendly to painting. That is where LARP Labs comes in. Guys, head on over to LarpLabs.com check out their computer cut vinyl. This is 3M super durable vinyl. This stuff is used on outdoor rock crawlers. It's got a shelf life outside rated at three years. You can head on over to larplabs.com. You can even use discount code prepared mindset. They hooked you guys up for 10% off of your order. Guys, there aren't stickers. There's no peeling. There's no crummy residue left over. Again, they got wraps for your lights, your handhelds, your optics, all kinds of good stuff. Head on over to larplabs.com and see what John and his team are cooking up. And last, certainly not least, guys, as we are getting outside, we need to talk about active carry. You need to have medical on you, all right? Whatever you're doing, whether it's mountain climbing, it could be RVing with the family, Cub Scouts trip, you need to have first aid supplies. You got to have it. Head on over to activecarrytech.com. You can use discount code PMP10 for 10% off your order when you go to pick up things like an IFAC, right? Maybe it's a group kit like their Gamma option. They have tons and tons of options out there built out for very specific purposes with their various industry partners. Guys, tons of options there, and they stock a plethora of American made pieces, parts, components. Don't be caught off guard when tragedy strikes. Head on over to Active Carry Tech. That's tech with no H T E C, activecarrytech.com. Use discount code PMP10 for 10% off your order today. Big, big thanks to all of our supporters. Love being able to work with those companies and very, very thankful for their support here at Prepared mindset so that we can do all the cool stuff that we do, bringing you guys these awesome episodes and and the good content you all enjoy. And speaking of content, make sure you guys head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod and throw us some love, you guys. We got videos going up all the time now. We have exclusive uh, episodes from the pod that aren't released here on our normal streaming services. We even have some exclusive series that are going to be dropped soon. We got blog posts, there's targets, there's drills dry fire practice tips, all kinds of good stuff going on over there. Again, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. But with that, let's quit the jaw jacking. I am very, very excited for this discussion with John. So without any kind of further delay here, we're just going to jump on over. John, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for making the time.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you bringing me on
0: dude uh I, i've actually i followed your stuff for a while uh i actually i you're one of the people that i will seek out information from on youtube when i'm looking at buying uh new gear uh okay. specifically right now i'm kind of in that uh trying to justify do i wait to get an acro or do i just go with the 509t and I know you just put up a couple videos about that stuff so uh i'm i'm stoked to have you on man
1: no, i appreciate uh, it dude and uh, i'm glad i could be a, a source of information That's uh, that's what I strive to do is like, uh, educate. So that's, that's one of my big things that I want to continue doing. So good.
0: It's, and it's something we need more of, like, there's a lot of reviews out there, you know, like everybody does review, tabletop reviews, stupid unboxings and stuff. But that's like, could you take it anywhere past like, oh, I really like that. It's got buttons here or like, (laughs) well, how many rounds have you put through it? What have you done with it? um yeah. and that's what you know i liked it The was it like the the red dot on the pistol video that you just did went through like uh, i was like a 508 and rmr the acro and then whatever the the goofy looking steiner one is like you the talked PS, yeah. that one exactly yeah and uh got you got through like you know talked about hey i've used this this is what i've done with it and this is how it's held up and everything there's actually context not just like an unboxing and hey come buy this because Whatever company paid me to say that right
1: yeah, I don't like it because it looks like a mailbox
0: yeah <laughs> uh, I mean yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get away from that with an enclosed emitter though yeah. uh, so I don't you know people are looking for I, I I don't know um but yeah let's um can you go ahead and uh introduce yourself to our listeners here if anybody may may not know uh you know who you are and kind of what what you do
1: yeah um so my name's John Dufrane um some people call me Duffy some people call me mocha Bear. <laughs> um I own Kinetic Consulting. Um I've been teaching and taking I would say teaching, competing, and taking classes for uh approximately 10 years now. Um a little more on the taking classes and a little bit more on the competing side, but teaching for about 10 and um and, and in various ways. But uh I started out in the army um in third range of battalion and then from there uh, moved on to the private sector and did a bunch of stuff there, um, with uh, the security world, like um, executive protection, which is like super boring. Um, sorry for anybody who's doing that for a living. That's it's just not a fun job for me.
0: Did you, anybody, <laughs> anybody notable rock stars or athletes or anything?
1: Um, a couple of cool people, like uh, I got to meet, um, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and and uh, David Beckham and stuff like that so pretty- I did get to meet a cool a couple cool people but my main um I guess my main gig when I was doing it uh was one client and uh, now I won't I won't name her but she was uh she was cool but it, there were certain times where I just wanted to pull my hair out so uh not not the kind of job for me personally um I didn't like picking up people's laundry and like taking the dog to the groomers and shit. I've, I've so, heard
0: that about the executive protection bit. I had a, a friend I took classes from here in Michigan who did that kind of work with like one of the execs from Microsoft who yeah. wanted armed protection, but never, you couldn't see the gun like, they didn't want to see it. They didn't want to know about yeah. it. Like, like very weird about wanting arm protection and stuff. So I, it doesn't sound it's, like it's a glorious glamorous gig. It's
1: the, uh, it's like one of those things, like some, some clients want certain specific things. And then others are just like, yeah, man, just just hang out with me, <laughs> you know. So it's it's interesting, but um, personally, like it, it's one of those like, I guess, uh, industries that I don't like skirting too much in. So uh, I actually ended up getting out of executive protection and started doing more of the uh, security and testing um, for different security systems and stuff like that, physical security systems, not not uh, Intel or IT based. And, um, I don't know if I'm smart enough for those yet, uh, (laughs) yet, right. Like I'm going to keep working on it. I uh, I
0: work in finance and I'll tell you some of our it people are not exactly like, they're very it smart, but you have to explain it to them seven times over before they understand what you're saying. So you may be smart enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who knows? But, uh, the, the cool part was that that got me a lot of like, um, experience playing around with stuff you know like like how can I break this how can I kind of finagle this how can I loophole this so what ended up that that kind of like steered me towards like uh, testing and evaluating equipment for the firearms industry in different ways um so not just like oh this plate carrier feels good but like <laughs> you know yeah. what's it made out of how long is the fabric going to last and kind of like really nerdy stuff like that and so really, really kind of playing around with stuff like that. And I've been doing that for uh, I'd say about six or seven years testing, evaluating stuff. And then before that, it was just personal use stuff that I wanted like, Oh, let me see if I can make this break, you know, because I want to see if it's worth my life kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then throughout that time I taught for Frank Proctor. Uh, he used to own way of the gun. Now it's Frank Proctor shooting. Um, he was kind of one of my biggest mentors, uh, brought me up as a young dude, uh, to like learn how to teach as well as just learn how to shoot. Uh, the dude knows more than he I've seems, ever experienced.
0: Yeah. He seems like a very chill dude. Is he, is he that laid He's, back with everything? Like he just...
1: is. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to describe him is an Alabama surfer. Like. <laughs> Like no shit. He'll be like on the range, he'll be like, all right, man, uh, as a groovy, you know, and like, like, all right, let's talk about this, you know. And and he'll go on a rant for like 45 minutes over, you know, certain things and talk about fishing involved in it and like all sorts of stuff. He's, He's uh he's one of my favorite humans. Um every time he comes down uh to South Florida where I live, uh, I try to be around so that I can go and jump in a class and go hang out with him for a little bit, maybe go to dinner or go fishing or something. Um Cause he's, he's a solid guy, like just a human being wise, but shooting wise, he's, uh, I, I wouldn't even say that he's like the most amazing shooter I've ever shot with because there are better ones, but he's one of the ones that, uh, influenced me in different ways, right. Made my brain think differently than, than it did all that jazz. Um, and then, uh, I also taught for, um, Sage Dynamics and still do on, on a, on a, on an irregular basis, <laughs> And, um, and Aaron was another one that like brought me in under his, uh, I guess, you know, under his, his arm and was like, Hey, let me show you the ropes kind of thing. And it was a a magnificent experience. He's, he's one of the biggest people or biggest influencers in my, like the way I want to teach. So it was cool. Um, and you know, between that time I was kind of teaching on my own, doing my own thing and just that continued to blow up and, uh, I continued working with it and, just uh it's been fantastic I've been full-time teaching for what since 2017 so yeah. I lo- left my my security side uh job that I was doing part-time at the time and then I graduated college with my bachelor's and was like uh, did my own thing so it's been it's been pretty cool like being on my own for the last six years running my own business and trying to make it work so it's been pretty cool
0: so how did I mean, <clears throat> you mentioned like the, the the security bit and like the consulting stuff and everything. Was there like a uh, I guess and this is something I ask a lot of my guests, because I always find everyone's uh, like unique answer to be fascinating. But was there like a, a moment or like an event or something that was like, hey, I really like teaching. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to make this my thing. I'm going to make this what I do.
1: Well, not exactly, because it, it kind of just morphed for me. So it started out as just um, a simple thing like hey dudes wanted to to know how to do certain things I knew how to do those certain things and I was like well let, let me just show you right and and it kind of grew um, before that it kind of I guess the seed was planted when uh, I I taught the brand new like 14 brand new rangers that came to our company and the rest of the company was off on deployment and because I was getting the, out of the army, I didn't go on deployment, and I stayed to to get out because I was going to be out, or my ETS date, uh, as it's called, my exit date was uh, okay. was during that deployment. So um, instead of going, they just left me behind to to take care of the company with like the NCO that was in charge and stuff, and uh, and I ended up with a couple other dudes ending up teaching fourteen brand new rangers how to ranger. Uh, before sending them overseas so it was one of the coolest uh experiences for me it actually almost kept me in the army i almost tore up my paperwork it was like no re-enlist me right now
0: damn no shit
1: yeah it was it was uh it was amazing to see how people learned and how just treating people like human beings and not being like like what you imagine in the army like like Hey man, do what I say or else you're going to get down and do ups and things. Like not that kind of guy. Yeah. I, was, I was always kind of the, the dude was that like, Hey man, like, I'm just going to talk to you like a human being. And like, if somebody important comes by, like just use my rank, I guess, you know, like it, it didn't matter um, to me because it's, it's not about that. It was about making, you know, good dudes that can go and, and do the good work overseas. And, uh, that, that was just how I saw it. So it was always a very chill environment around me. I was always like, hey, if you need something, just ask, dude, before you do something stupid. And let's learn. Like, let's learn how to shoot. Let's learn how to, like, you know, actually be little rangers and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. And between me and I think it was, like, three other dudes at the time, we really built them up and, and you know, sent them off on their way to, to like, the halfway point of the deployment and mm-hmm. uh, and they got to go on that, which was cool. And they had never met their platoons. So they were getting thrown to the ringer um, and they probably didn't get to go on missions that first that first deployment because they'd never met the dudes. The dudes don't trust them yet and stuff. But uh, but at least they got the experience right of going over there, um, maybe doing some of the, the normal like day to day work, you know, that we had to do. Yeah. But it was cool. It was, it was definitely a really cool, humbling experience. And like I said, it almost kept me in the army. Um, if I didn't have, uh, like I have a few injuries that I was like, man, I I should get out. (laughs) Um, so it was, it was one of those things. And, uh, if it wasn't for those to kind of keep me out of the army or keep me going in the same path, um, I probably would have stayed because it was, it was definitely a motivating moment where I was like, man, I can do this. Like I can, I can teach dudes what I know and help them be better dudes in the future. So it was cool. And uh, from there, the seed was planted that I liked teaching and I liked um, almost mentoring to a certain extent because I was still a young dude at the time. Like I was, I was 23, almost 24. So I was a young guy, I barely knew life, you know, and I still barely know life at this point, 10 years later. So it, it's been really cool and, uh, and definitely uh, a, one of those experiences that kind of bring you into like almost like capture you and then keep pulling you under you know, it's like free willie. you know, it just, you know, it's just like a killer whale grabs your foot and he's like, we're going deep, bro. And so yeah. just drag me down the, the education path. And, um, and it's been, it's been magnificent. I've, I've loved every minute of it and still people ask today, like um, they're like, Oh man, what's your favorite class to teach? I get that question all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I like teaching everything I have available to, to take because I enjoy it. I, and I'm passionate enough to, to want to teach those things. If I didn't want to teach them, I wouldn't do it because it wouldn't bring any um, like value to students in general, because I wouldn't be passionate about it. So everything I do teach, I'm like, let's do this thing. And I'm, I'm very passionate yeah. about what we're doing. So it's a lot That's of fun, man. Cool.
0: And it's cool to hear, you know, cause I mean, even just saying that even while you were in the military, right. And not even, Hey, I was in the military uh, teaching infantry, right. Which I mean, mm-hmm much respect what those guys do but in obviously a, an elevated environment like teaching rangers like you were saying and still that concept of a um a chill approach right like let's just like let's be cool let's let's learn how to do this the right way and do it and do it well and everything um because i think we see i mean it, it you see that approach with a lot of people today but you also see a lot of guys that like dude, I've heard of classes where they make people run like, Oh, we're going to go run three miles because that's the way we're going to do it. Or they like yell at people. Um, and I get it. Like sometimes like you're, you're yelling to get over the, you know, the sound of what's going on in the range, or maybe it's warranted cause it's a safety thing. But a lot of the times, like you hear about guys just like, we're just going to scream because that's what we do. And it's like, dude, who learns well that way? Like uh, I, nobody maybe, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not a, and you're paying for that. Like, yeah, no, come on, you know, no, i I don't it's like. It's really that. sad.
1: <laughs> so, well, um, in in my opinion, like, people learn when they're having fun, and they're in a good mm-hmm. mood, right? Like, if you're in a good mood, you you usually soak in information really easy. Um, like if you've ever read a book in a good mood or gone to go watch a movie in a good mood, you you actually soak in all that information. Um, if you've ever tried to do those two things, uh, angry or frustrated or you know like if you just got an, into like an argument with your your significant other or something you're not going to retain most of that information so i i kind of look at it that same way right and um coming from an environment where i was yelled at to learn things like learn it faster <laughs> yeah. um, it was one of those like man this is bullshit and i i now think back and i'm like i don't remember those moments because my brain was like Dude, this is like, we're tired, we're hungry, we're angry, we're frustrated with these fucking people that are your age, that are yelling at you, and that you don't deserve being yelled at or punished for whatever reason. And, and you're like, man, I don't remember those moments. Like, my brain erased them, or I was too tired to, you know, save them. Right? Like, they got overwritten by the next day of shenanigans. So the days I remember, or the things I remember, is when people were calm, And enlightening and they were like man check this out right like we could solve this problem like this and like you're like oh that's that's genius right like Mm -hmm. but but my brain was there because they allowed me to be there i was allowed to be in the moment i wasn't frustrated or angry and to the point that i wasn't going to retain the information so uh personally that was the approach I took because that's the approach that I saw worked on, on certain things. And it's not to say that's the only approach that works, but it was the only approach that I noticed uh, was received by so many people. Um, The other thing that, that I take into account when I teach is the, the way that people learn, right? Like we, we all learn, especially dudes in this industry, we learn by Usually physical, right? Like we have to
0: physically touch it yep. and kind of do, do it. it. Yeah, engage with it. Um,
1: yeah, we we also have to see it, right? That's why most of us can learn on YouTube. We we want to watch it. Um, not a lot of us like can just listen to somebody tell us something and be able to retain that and and you know regurgitate it in some form or fashion physically. So it's it's one of those things. Like if I can conquer or teach each subject or each. Um, miniature subject in what I'm trying to get uh, across to you in my curriculum in all three methods, uh, I can I can actually give you the entire, you know, everybody can understand from that point versus the other way around where uh, somebody just tell you what they're going to do and then they may show you so you see another visual and you get the auditory. Um, And you try to do the physical with them, but you never got a physical representation of it or, you know, different things like that that may happen. So it's really cool when you take those steps, because I find that the majority of students that leave are like, man, I didn't know I was going to retain this much info or I didn't know I was going to learn this much. You know, some guys have gone to classes and they feel like they're just, you know, shooting, you know, lead into the berm. And it's just to shoot lead into the berm or like you said, get yelled at or do PT, you know, <laughs> they're, they're doing physical training now and, um, and didn't expect to. So, I, and, and a little run here and there to like, you know, sprint from one position to another position is, is good learning, good, good practice and stuff. And going full speed when you're practicing is, is a good thing, but there has to be certain steps to get there. And I think a lot of people don't realize there's, there is still a walk phase between crawl and run. And, uh, and people don't take the walk phase all that often, or they want to run, they want to go straight to, from crawl to run too yeah. quickly, um, before they're able to, and it's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I say it all the time when we're zeroing or we're, we're shooting at distance or something, it's like, man, I, I used to be a 12 inch shooter too, you know, like I used to shoot humongous groups that I couldn't keep, um, tiny groups in place. Like I wanted to. Like if I could shoot one inches, I'd be all all awesome, right? But uh, at a certain point, all of us were shitty shooters. Like it is what it is. We all had to grow and and learn and practice and things like that to get good. Nobody that's good was like, you know what? Today, I'm going to be good at this. You know, yeah. like and actually were good right so you, you had to like put in the work
0: and stuff and that's i think something it's, it's funny you just put that out there because uh i made a post today honestly on social media and uh so before i did all this like my background's in music and teaching music <laughs> and what i specifically like, specifically even put in the post like and it's a joke what we use on the kids we're like you guys want to know the secret to getting better it's practice I'm like oh yeah it's not it's not a secret and it's like well most of you guys act like it is the way that you just expect to be good, and then get yeah. you know super <clears throat> defeated when it, you're not instantly great at something. Um, and yeah. you see it in the firearms world too. I mean, guys are like, "Oh, I I don't I don't like LPVOS. I I can't shoot good with them." I'm like, yeah. um, is it because you can't shoot good with them, or you've not put the time in to learn how to use them effectively? Because you know, it's one of those things like. and and this is just my belief like the world's worst optic is uh, okay maybe not the worst but most like you know like your budget line optics okay right is probably still a hundred times better than than the the shooter you know what i mean like it's not a hardware issue it's usually a software issue you just got to put the time in and like you know just learn it and and work on it
1: well uh, so sort of like stem off of that you know the the reason i find a lot of dudes don't uh put in that work and try it like 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 you said like dudes with uh variable powered optics they're like they suck at them and they're like no i'm just gonna avoid it right that's that's like a accepting defeat in some form or fashion right like you're you're accepting that that thingy that that object that doesn't have a mind just defeated you and now you're not willing to you know go out and learn and and kind of like really discover it and give it that what what people used to call the honest college try, you know, like, like yeah, the it's not, that's not a thing anymore. No, no, now now people just pay people for their papers or whatever. But um, like yeah. uh, what 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 they could do, right? And and if you think about it, that failure is an opportunity to learn, right? Like, like I, I think I made a video about it a long time ago on my my perspective on you know, kind of on life a little bit too, but mainly on like anything that I'm trying to do and and be good at, right, is like I can pass or fail, but if you look at it as pass and fail, like what do you get out of it? So I like to think of it as passing, right? Like I get a little bit of knowledge out of like, okay, I did it right. I, I know how to do it correctly. You know, I can move on, whatever, or move further into the, the depths of this subject or I fail at it in some form or fashion. And now it, it gives me the roadmap to pass. If you think about it, right, I can learn from that. And now it's, it's almost opened up the floodgates of information that I can start sifting through to start learning how to do it better. But if I don't take the time to try and, you know, I I guess digest that or absorb it in some form or fashion, and I just dismiss it as like, oh, I just suck at it. I'm not going to do that ever again. Mm-hmm. Then I'm never going to, I'm never going to be anywhere near as good as I could be. So if I'm bad at something, like I want to get better at it. Right. Personally. Right. I want to, I want to be better as at anything that I do. Um, hence the, the motto to my company is do better because n- not only can I continuously do better, right. We, we can all do that, but sure, um, sure. But how do we do it? And then, how do we go ahead and conquer that failure I think is one of the big things that people need to, to really dive deep on and let their ego, you know, which to quote uh, Chuck Pressburg, one of my, my buddies um, he says, uh, ego is not your amigo, you know? And, and if you let that dude, you know, sit there by your ear and tell you like, ah, man, just, just put it down. You suck at this. Let's, let's leave it before we look too bad, you know? And, (laughs) And you let that little ego monster get in there. Like, he rules you he's he now yeah. is your 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 god or whatever so <laughs> you're your, your man god uh but if you if you go ahead and you tell him to shut up you flick him off your shoulder and you continue working at it or you start diving into it like i said and digesting what you saw or what you failed at you can get so good at things it's ridiculous like well and you're and- there to
0: learn right you're there to find out where your deficiencies are like mm-hmm. reaffirming what you're good at is cool right but if you're good at it like cool thank you for letting me know but like i mean maybe it's just my perspective at it but like i want to know like where do i suck where do i start falling apart you know is it at 10 yards is it at 25 yards is it with you know an optic system i mean it can be anything right like but i that's what i'm paying for like tell me how to get better (laughs) i mean why why avoid it why run from it
1: well i i it I think it comes down to that ego again, like it just, people, people don't like to fail. They don't, because they look at it as failure instead of a learning opportunity. But if they change that perspective to a learning opportunity, failure's literally going to happen every single time. And you're going to get a chance to learn from it every single time. It's, it's actually super fun. And I think people, (laughs) they kind of miss out on that because they're, they, they just want to be good at things right away. And uh, instead of getting angry at yourself, like, I don't know, I've never met somebody that just walks into a gym and, you know, has never worked out in a day in their life and is able to, you know, deadlift 350 pounds, you know, like there's no way that you're going to do that when you've never worked out or you're, you know, unfit in some form or fashion, right. To, to get fit or to be fit in, in general is to, it's, it's a journey, It's a constant journey. It's you you have to keep it up constantly and it gets harder and harder as, as you get older and older. Right. But when I see somebody that's actually worked out really like, like they, they look good for the most part, right. They, they're fit, they're athletic, whatever. Like I know that dude's disciplined in some form or fashion. He's okay with failure and he's okay with breaking shit to like learn how to do things better. Right. Cause he's, he's been tearing muscles to fucking build muscles, you know? (laughs) So Like, but he has the discipline to do it and he's willing to go out and do it. So if you put that same journey slash, uh, I guess, concept into shooting, like that, like going back to your analogy of like, if I sucked at 10 yards, then I'm going to go to the range and I'm going to work at 10 yards for a while. All right. I'm going to figure out what, what I need to do to make that thing work. And then from there, I'm going to back it up to 15 or 20 or something, and then find out how bad it is to fail there and then learn from that experience and then start building that up over and over. And then eventually get to 25 or 30 or 40 or whatever. And you can, you can almost do anything you set your mind to as long as the equipment can do it. Right. So there's, there's a, uh, the the biggest limitation is really just you, uh, kind of like you said, it's, it's usually the the Indian, not the arrow.
0: Oh no, definitely. And do you, do you find that, like, I don't know if you, if you get like a lot of repeat students through the classes or, or, or come for like level two, level three or or anything like that. Do you find that that's like becoming a more accepted um, thought process in the community? I mean, it's hard to get a gauge for some of those things based off of like YouTube or Instagram alone, because, uh, you know, a lot of us only will put up like, oh, I'm only gonna put up the rep that makes me look good, which could be yeah. like one out of 10, whereas nine out of 10, you're you're sucking which I mean, it's, as long as it's honest, like I don't think there's anything bad in that. It's just, it depends what you're trying to go for. If you're just trying to go for, for vanity, then yeah, post the one good rep and let everybody tell you, you know, good job and stuff. But if you're actually looking to improve, maybe you have more value in those nine reps that were not great. And people can say, hey, you can reload this way or something, you know what I mean? Well, it it could
1: be that too. Uh, I think, I think repeat students that come back um, they usually have like an idea of how I teach and what to expect. And what's cool about it is that they they already know their deficiencies because the previous class probably taught them already, right? So so for example, in, in the majority of my mechanics classes, any of the ones that are labeled mechanics, we we talk about self diagnostics and like how to how to really see that like where your deficiencies are. And I'm not saying like. Oh, read the target and your low lefts are this and your high rights are this. Not, not yeah. that bullshit, but and not that that's bullshit either. That can obviously give you some information. It's data, but it's not the end all be all. What's happening at the shooter is the most important. And as a teacher, like I can't plug into the back of your head and see through your eyes and feel your hands. Right, mm-hmm. so I have no idea what you're doing in totality. I can guess, now I can make some educated guesses based off of my my experience, right, and knowing myself, knowing how other shooters are, or or even visually seeing something egregious. But if it's minor, yeah. it's very difficult to see as a as a teacher on the outside. So, what what it comes down to is teaching the student, in my opinion, teaching a student how to identify these things in their sighting system in the moment. And what that does is give them the roadblock to go and go off and practice, right? Because now it's like, oh man, like I'm seeing my dot while I'm shooting drop low and left almost every shot. And I can call that shot being low and left only because I'm seeing it in my sighting system. And what's happening is it's obviously happening when I pull this trigger because my grip sucks, because my grip is allowing that movement or whatever, right? So if that's the track you found because I've taught you to find that track based off of what you saw then you don't need me anymore I don't need to stand there and be like all right bro you're flinching or you're anticipating or whatever like bullshit that you're hearing (laughs) right in other words you're not gripping hard enough right or fix your grip right so if you can fix those things and you know how to fix them you don't need me anymore to stand there which is the goal as a teacher you know if you look at like any teacher or sensei or person of that sort, right? You look at them and their profession is to eventually not need them, right? Like you go to a teacher so that you don't need them at some point, right? You go to a dojo to meet a sensei, to learn from him to eventually be the sensei or not need the sensei, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't master or it, it doesn't matter, but if you can get them to that point of not needing you sooner than later, they can progress further. Uh, or at least that's my, my hypothesis to it, right? Mm-hmm. So if, uh, and that's where I go with most of those mechanics classes is to teach you how to essentially find what you're doing wrong and the corrections to it so that you can identify them when they happen. And not only can you call your shot being like, oh, it's a bad shot kind of thing, but where did the shot go? And how do we know it went there? And how can we correct that? by not even having to do anything or talk to them, they can already start to correct themselves through the end of the first day into the second day, obviously. So it it gets really cool when you can walk up to the student, you're like, all right, what did you do wrong, man? Or what happened there? Or whatever. And they're like, so as I as I was gripping the pistol, I was like, man, I know this is a bad grip and I'm just going to take it. And as I started pressing that trigger, I saw that dot just drift low and left and I just took it anyway. And then I, I saw a recoil from there and I was like, son of a B let me fix my grip for this next shot <laughs> and they fix their grip and they, they complete the process or whatever. And it's really cool to see them be able to digest that and then regurgitate or not regurgitate, but um, essentially give you that information in such a concise manner because of the way that you taught them how to previously. And it happens right. very quick because it's so it's, it's not hard. It's easy to do and it's easy to see as long as they, they take the time to see it. So Um, I'm sure you've heard it a billion times I'm sure some of the listeners have heard it before but shooting is visual as hell like it's super visual you know all the pros talk about how their vision is a big part of it all the dudes that do this to shoot people in the face for a living uh, at the highest levels are talking about like how how seriously visual shooting is and it really is like if I can't see I can't shoot it so but if I can see while I'm shooting and I can see what's happening, I can easily start changing what I'm doing or adjusting what I'm doing so that I can fit the needs of what I'm doing. So it's kind of cool how it can be very visual and it's not its not actually like a physical thing. It, there is some physicality to it, obviously, but it's not like, oh man, I just gotta, I just got to try it again and just like hold it tighter or something. Like, no, man, like what's it telling you visually and then do that? So it's, it's essentially translating that information is, is one of the big things in class that we have to go over. And once we do it, people start fixing themselves. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's from my own personal experience, I can say I tried when I was learning how to shoot and I'm not great now, but when I was really, you know, the, those 14 inch groups across the whole, you know, silhouette and everything, uh, I try, I man, I tried to make this complicated. I tried real hard to make this like a freaking science fair, and once I started, you know, working with a couple guys and had a couple buddies. One was like former Air Force, another law for, uh, law enforcement buddy. And they're like, "No, man, it's just your, yeah, it's your support hand." I'm like, "No, the, the, there's no way. I'm I'm doing sixty forty like I read online, and like, no, I listen, just try this, and you know, eventually that it's it kind of like." fades away like background it becomes like background noise and you just you start to figure out like what you're saying you read the output of what you're doing and then you just you Mm -hmm. understand like why am I doing this what are my tendencies um and at that point it's just like a responsibility thing you know trying to be consistent stay on top of it and and build those good habits um practice Practice. that that, that doesn't make it easier (laughs) it just means you know what you're supposed to be doing now
1: well it it kind of does to a certain extent because like the more you practice, the easier it becomes for you to just repeat that process because you've repeated it so many times that True. now yeah. your brain can start focusing on other tasks, right? Other other things that are at hand. Um, I like to think of it like operating memory, like kind of like a computer. So like the RAM on a computer only has so many gigs to give you, right? Before it freezes, crashes, whatever. And, um, and if you can free up some RAM in your noggin, or some of that operating memory, like you can now do other things in that place, right? So think about driving, right? When you first started driving when you were 15, 16, whatever, um, think about how many things you had to think about while you were trying to drive, right? You, you sat there, you were like, fuck the pedals, goddamn steering wheel, which ways the blinkers go, right? You know, There's so many people around me, shut the music off, mom, shut the fuck up, you know, all the all the things you had to say or do oh, before you could even start going and then you had to think about everything as you went now man however long you've been driving at this point like I know me I get into a rental car every every couple days
0: <laughs>
1: and and even in a rental car like the process stays right the process of driving stayed and I've freed up so much ram when it came to driving that now I can sit there I can listen to music I can listen to a podcast I can listen to a book I can eat listen to a book, maybe even <laughs> send an email at the same time, um, depending mm-hmm. on the circumstances. But driving has become like a background process. So my RAM is freed up to, to do so many more things because I don't have to consciously think of actually driving. So it's really cool how that works, but it came with practice. It Just like anything, like you had to drive every day for a certain amount of days so that you got good at it. And, um, and like, I, I, I mentioned this to law enforcement a lot. So, uh, my LE folks that are listening, right. Imagine if your department only gave you as much time as they give you training to drive your vehicles and they expect you to be NASCAR drivers, right? Like imagine, right. they gave you 40 hours a year, like 40 hours a year to to drive your vehicle. And then they expect you to drive that thing like a pro
0: ain't going to happen. No way.
1: No, like high school classes for student drivers are longer than that, and they still suck. So, like, ain't gonna happen. Oh, it, yes. it it wouldn't happen. So you have to go out and you have to do it yourself. You have to pay for your own stuff. You have to pay for your own practice, and you have to put in the time because that that tool that you're carrying on your hip is gonna be fucking super super consequential if you do it the wrong way, right? Or cause yeah. lots of consequences if you do it the wrong way. So, so
0: let me ask it. you this: with with In the context of this, in building some of these these skills, and obviously we were talking just a moment ago about people kind of struggle with getting to that point where they start to really understand. And with mm-hmm. with social media and the internet being what it is, everybody looks for their like get out, not get out of jail free card, but like they want to cut the corners, they want to find the fastest way to get there. You know, so the, we see the magic pill, yeah, the silver bullet, the magic pill. You know, uh interested to hear your thoughts on this but and i think i know you probably know what you're going to say but thoughts around like this the the idea that gear or or an optic or a riser is going to make this better easier faster you know because now we're all in this advent of um, risers for all of our optics right we went from co-witness to lower one-third now everyone's on a riser with their you know Yeah, everything's, we're at 193. Now I think we're at 206 or something. There's there's all kinds of shit out there. And everyone goes, oh, that is so much more natural to pick up. You need to have this. Or, hey, you shouldn't even learn how to shoot irons on your pistol because a dot is so much easier to pick up. And guys go, well, I just got to throw money at this. That's going to make it all better. Interesting to hear your thought.
1: So there's a certain degree of each of them, right? So um, throwing money at a problem doesn't fix all the problems right it may Mm -hmm. fix a couple of your necessary ones that you you deem are necessary for you so for example if you're building an ar and you're like man i want this to be the fastest gun i can possibly shoot right and like go go fast gun whatever um then you have to build it in a specific way that works for you and when you build it in that specific way those parts may actually help you in probably minor amounts but minor amounts may win you a competition or or a match or they may may win you a fight right so that minor things like that could come into play but the majority of it so i would say like 99 of that is your skill level right like what you know as hard skills that you know how to pr- produce on demand and if your production of hard skills is trash, especially on demand under pressure, then don't expect that riser to save you. You know what I mean? So, for example, like the majority of people out there that have done this for a living in some form or fashion um, are issued equipment. Like there is no if ands, or buts about what you can do or change sometimes, right? So there are certain levels where you're like, hey, you can just swap out whatever you want because we got everything. But there are a bunch of levels below that that are like, man, this is what we got. You get a selection out of these thingies and uh, go off and do, do the good work for the good people. And, um, and you have to learn how to use the equipment. So a good example of this is when I was doing the EP stuff. Um, I was issued a SIG 229 in 40, and it was a DA only. Ugh. And that was the only gun that the uh, company that I was working for allowed. And I was like, man, (laughs) that's rough, dude. Are you, are you guys sure? And, (laughs) (laughs) and and so guess what? Like I bought me a two, two, nine in 40 DA only. And I practiced with that bitch. I gave that thing so much dry fire time. I probably dry fired that more than I did my Breda M nine. And when we switched over to Glocks, when I, I, and I started carrying a Glock, I was like, I'm going to dry fire this thing. I think I dry fired more with the 229 than I did any of those other two guns. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was because I was like, this is so foreign to me, right? I, I'd never shot just a DA only hammer fired gun. That's this heavy and shoots 40 before, like it, I just, it was new to me. So, um, but I, I needed to be able to use it because if I have to use it against a human being, like I need to be able to do it the right way on demand, as soon as they freaking tell me to. So, um, drive practice that whole thing for quite a while i competed with it in multiple matches uh out where i was at the time and uh and tried to make myself work with that thing and it sucks you're like man this, like I, I don't know how many dudes at each match were like why are you shooting that <laughs> and i'm like well that's such an I'm absurd issuing.
0: idea yeah
1: yeah. And I'm like, this is what I'm issued for work. And, and like, I just want to be good at it. And usually people are like, okay, that that that's awesome. Like, that makes sense. But before that, they're like, this guy's sitting here with this, this SIG, like, and it's, it's a piece of trash with big blocky night sights on it. It was terrible. And, uh and I just had to make it work. So I made it work and I constantly tried to make it work continuously. And I had to put in a lot of time, but what it did was just establish like, I can learn anything. I just have to put in that time. So when you look at the gear issue versus the skill issue, it it has to be... There's a a measure of both, but it definitely leans toward the skills way over the gear. Um, But not to say that gear can't help you. It can definitely help you. There's certain... Like, uh, you can't shoot a night match without a damn flashlight or night vision. You have to have the gear, right? But but you can... um, (laughs) in the dark right and and still suck so so i i i would say like skill by far takes i would i I put it at 99 percent is on top of the importance uh level stuff and then depending on your circumstance you know you may be able to to grow that one percent per gear based off of what you're doing so it's a mixture man i i don't think it's always skill and i don't think it's always gear i i heavy on skill but there's still a level of gear that needs to be put into it
0: yeah and i i agree um and it's pretty that's pretty much what i assumed you were going to say and i think a lot of people are starting to, to, to finally understand that um but it is it is almost comical to see some people that step into the space right new shooters or maybe they've been shooting I have a buddy great guy she's been shooting uh, 20 years but only ever like he had his dad's like pre-clinton band like 20 inch ak which the gun actually is beautiful i'm actually quite jealous but he only knew that and then he like a uh, sig 365 he picked up so when it came to like the first time he like ran a glock and stuff it was you know like really weird uh you know grip with the you know thumbs in the wrong places and stuff i'm like all right man all right, here you go. You know, so it really does come down to, and, but he can, but even with his bad stance and everything that he had with, uh, with that AK, he can run the shit out of that AK because he's practiced with it. He's shot a ton with it. Um, and he figured out how to make it work. Yeah. But I think you That's know, guys exactly wanna, it. they want to skip past the time. They want to go straight to like doing the, well, the running around and everything.
1: I, I think they, they, they think of it like, uh, like a race car, right? Like you can buy a race car if you have the money Um, but you're not going to drive it like a race car driver, right? Like um, most people aren't going to take it to the track and be tested in some form or fashion. The majority of people are just going to drive it on a road, like a regular car. So most people don't get tested with their equipment um, or go to training to test their equipment or practice enough to test their equipment. So they just ride around with it around town like everybody else does and um and hope for the day they don't get tested, you know, because <laughs> like trying to figure out the answers to the test on test day are is probably the hardest way to take that test. Yeah, you know? I was just so, gonna say
0: yeah, it's not good.
1: No, it's definitely like a really hard way of doing it. And I've done it before, right? Like in school, I try to show up and just be like, well, I forgot about this thing and. F it, we're doing this. <laughs> and I yep. failed it greatly, you know. Like I failed it with a big smile on my face because I knew what I was what I was gonna get. But that is not how I want to do, you know, fighting other human beings. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna show up on test day and they're the guy's are like, All right, we're gonna have a gunfight, bud. And I'm gonna be like, All right, well, do you do you have like five minutes that I can spare for like a little bit of practice? I'm like, no, bitch, like it ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> game on (laughs) so it's it's rough to try and do that um and you can look at it in any sport any sport like if you've never played a certain sport in your life like google a sport you've never done and you go try to do it for the first time competitively you're going to fail so if if i'm going to go do a sport competitively i'm going to practice that sport until i feel pretty good to go compete and then I'm going to go to test myself with competition in some form or fashion. And then I'm going to be like, man, I failed pretty fucking good. Let me go work on those things I failed on and get better and then come back and compete again. And then bam, show up with more failures or different failures and go learn those and then come back. And it's a repetitive process until you die. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if you look at that in any sport, anything that you do, um, it it's exactly the cycle that we want to take or. You know, give or take some of the pieces that are missing there, but, uh, but we want to take a cycle similar to that to to get better at things. We have to, you know, like um going to the gym, same same. Once again, like trying to work on your fitness and not fitness food in your mouth, but fitness of your you know your body. Like you're not going to that, get that's, good a at that's a
0: tough I one. That's a tough one. You know, I th- I think it gets overlooked a lot by people. Uh, we're finally starting to see more attention paid to it in the space. You know, it's less yeah. about. Hey man, I got a $17,000 gun, you know, with all kinds of good stuff on it. And, but I, you know, weigh 370 pounds, you know, don't and, make
1: me go up those stairs. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, we, we put it in the context of like, you're like a gunfight, you know, and, uh, and I've never been in one. So forever, this is worth the people listening. Right. But like, you want to have the, the capabilities to at least be, you know, mobile to at least move to cover move to concealment move to i mean just be
1: you don't you don't even have to take it that far but like if somebody like wants to test your gangster and like gets too close and you start getting into a scuffle you know if you're going to have a heart attack rolling around on the ground with somebody like you you probably need to check on something right like you need to start cutting some cholesterol yeah And, and, you know, take care of yourself. You only get one life kind of thing. But once again, like, that's why we don't have a bunch of, uh, you know, fit dudes in the world or fit ladies in the world. We have, you know, everybody in every size and every, you know, fashion we could possibly have it. And it's because some people just don't give a shit, man. So you can't make everybody give a shit. It's not going to happen, but the people that do like, they usually show up, man, and they usually want to, and they want to get better. So, it's, it's cool to see that. And the ones that are ex, like experience those things, you know, for example, I have a, a close buddy who went to, uh, one of Craig's Craig Douglas's class with me. And, uh, and Craig's classes, if you've never been to a ShivWorks class is very physical. That's, I mean, you're doing, you're wrestling over a knife or over a gun, like mm-hmm. until you shoot or stab the guy enough times. And so it is, uh, it's a very physical class and, you know, in within like maybe 30 seconds into a fight with him, I was like, man, I can, I can just push you over. Cause you're now become, you know, a useless sheet of paper at this point, right? You're, you're, you're weak, <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're too weak and you have like 50 pounds on me, you know, like, like I'm not a giant dude either. So it was uh it was such an eye opener for him that he was like, man, like, I thought I'd be okay. Like I'm pretty strong, but I can't hold my, like, I can't keep my breath going for, for long enough. Yeah. I mean, you got to do out, is so.
0: you just got to last what a little yeah. bit longer than he does. You know, he's going to run out of gas. And then at that point it doesn't yeah. matter if stronger than you. Um, All I have
1: to do is play with him for 30 seconds. And next thing you know, he's, <laughs> he's a uh, gassed out and now he's, he's mine for the taking kind of thing. So it's sad and <laughs> it's a lot of freezing there, but uh, it's sad to see, because like that's, that's the misconception a lot of dudes have. They're like, "Oh man, I'll just shoot him," or "Oh man, I'll just stab," or "Oh man, I'll just fight him." It's like if you've never done that before, you know, you're not comfortable doing it at a, a collegiate level. Like, good luck, man.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's all good if it's I, yeah, if it's <laughs> ideal circumstances. Like, yeah, ideally, you would have seven yards or something. You'd you would have separation. You wouldn't have to go hands on, ideally. But what if you're someplace non-permissive or you don't have a gun or something happens, you don't have a knife, whatever. I mean, like it shit happens. It's
1: yeah, what if your, your belly's full of pasta? Cause you just had a, a sweet dinner at Olive Garden, you know?
0: <laughs> well, just disclaimer for listeners. Like, so, well, I'll tell you, I, a couple of years, ago, I was like 280, 285 pounds. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't do this. Like I was like, I was upset looking in the mirror, but then also just like, basic stuff like i was starting to get out of breath and everything i'm like this is dumb so talked to my buddy again uh the same guy who was in the air force he was a attack p for like five mm-hmm. six years and i was like man i gotta do something about this man you know like how do you like get any advice and he was like well if you want to build muscle go to the gym but if you want to cut weight that's the kitchen dude so we did actually got on weight watchers which everyone i think everyone assumes that's for like you know like late 30s housewives and stuff so i kind of played it close to the vest for a while so my buddies didn't it's give true, me shit dude but when you, the cool thing is when you put stuff in there and you're like, you calculate all your points, dude, I swear to God, Olive Garden has enough points for like five days of the week in one meal. And I've never been back. I have yeah. never been back. I won't eat anything there, especially with a white sauce. Like it's so bad for you. And people it's will go up there and go, oh, well, it's endless. I mean, it's such a good deal. I'm like that versus your health, man. Like, uh, yeah, you can If you really want it, make it at home. It'll be way healthier. You can still have it. It, Like, so, yeah, that or or like, it's funny because we had tacos, you know, tonight. So same thing like, oh, yeah, but you don't get to pick the time and place. So you could be full of food. You could be, you know, tired. And uh, To me, I think it's something it should be built into like your weekly process. Like I go to the gym four days a week. I dry Mm -hmm. fire, you know, I try to dry fire every day of the week why not make, I mean, an hour at the gym, 30 minutes a day, dry fire. Like that's not, you still have, you know, 22 and a half hours in the day to sleep, work, hang out, do what you want to do and yeah. and live life.
1: Well, it's, it's you're you're managing your time, right? Like people, they don't want to manage their time. They want to sit on Instagram and just keep scrolling or whatever. Um, or, or they, ah, I don't have time for it, but I'm going to go, you know, sit on the couch and binge Netflix or something. So it's, it's, just carving the time out or managing the time properly and i think um one of the ways that i at least i personally do it is that i i set little like reminders on my calendar on my phone and it'll pop up and it's like hey like go dry practice okay you know and i just listen to it you know even if i don't want to i just fucking do it and what you'll find is that the, the more disciplined you are like the body is going to always be like you know, subservient to the mind. Right. But if, if you start listening to the body versus listening to the mind, right. You're, you're going to like doing it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. That's where eating at Olive Garden comes in.
0: Right?
1: So, um, but you'll, you'll find that you'll never find the time to do anything that you want to do or that you need to do if you want to put it that way too. But, um, but you're always going to play playing catch up like yeah. with uh, the, the fitness side of things, right. Or, or like your health, you know, you're, you're playing catch up already because yesterday you could have been better right like or yesterday you were a day younger you know you're getting older every single second and what you waste like you're you're not going to get back and it gets harder and harder the older you get um i have a, a close buddy who's like 50 something and he's actually my doctor too which is funny but he uh he explained it uh to me as like He's like he's like you're you're in the the best spot in your life right now to to get to the point that you can go ahead and maintain or get better slightly better because you're on a dot downhill you know uh, from this point on or from That's your depressing. point right now Jesus yeah so if you think about that but but every time you take care of yourself it goes and starts to flatten out a little bit and then it continues dropping off at some point he flats out but it's it's a gradual drop constantly right you're you're gonna die at some point we all do so it's like okay what can i do about that and i could just wait until it gets super low and then try and like build myself back up or i can continuously keep that thing plateauing slowly throughout my life so there's a i don't know in my mind that makes sense and that's why i'll continue that journey on fitness as much as i can um to continue fitting in food too but uh but you know, the same with shooting, right? Like I, I will digress in my skill the less I practice. So mm-hmm. like, let's say, uh, for example, like most people, they take maybe one day, two days, four days, if they're lucky out of the month to go to the range. And what you'll find is if that's as much time as you make to go to the range, and that's okay, like live fire is a thing, right? Like you have to do it. Like, why are you missing out on you know, 29, 28, 27, or even 26 days out of the month not dry practicing and getting that those reps in that are going to, you know, pay huge dividends on your live practice when you get to go. So, you know, and if you, if you don't believe me, like, go ahead and just, just try it for 30 days, all right? Try dry practicing between your range sessions every single day for like 10 to 15 minutes or something nothing crazy small amount of time people sit on the toilet shitting and playing on instagram longer than that right yep, yep. No, <laughs> all of us do it so if you did that and you just challenge yourself for 30 fucking days imagine how much better you're gonna be you don't even have to imagine you'll see how much better you are at picking up your sighting system shooting the gun gripping the gun all the jazz but you have to do it properly you have to do it like you have to grip the gun that's going to manage recoil. You have to press the trigger the way it's going to need to be pressed. You know, if you're using a cert pistol to practice for 30 days, you're just going to get really good with that cert pistol. You're not going to get with, good with your real gun. So not to say that it can't help in certain ways, but it's it may be debilitating in a certain way because it feels different. You know, so like your your practice should be with your own personal gun, in my opinion, like the one that you use or the one that you want to get better with. So, I mean, if you want to get better with a surf we rock on girl, but, uh, <laughs> not my I mean, goal. I you,
0: yeah. I mean, I get you as far and as you want. And it's funny cause you, you'll, it's, it, it really is. It's funny. The number of people out there that want to get better and they want to do things in this space and stuff, but, but don't find, don't make the time really not, You're not finding the time. I, I hate that phrase. Cause it's not like you don't have it. You don't need to find it. You have it. You're just not making, you're not utilizing your time to, to practice. I mean, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a consistent hour. Like for me, like an hour, like a solid straight hour of dry practice is pretty rare. Like I can do twenty minutes mm-hmm. or half an hour, but then like because usually I'll do it <clears throat> during like work hours. I'll do it like on a conference call with my headset on, and I'll I'll dry fire yeah. while I'm listening to people talk and stuff. Um, That's managing and, your time, bud. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have to be. You know, like and some people do it this way because they they operate well that way. Fine. If you want to like lock yourself in your basement and do it for an hour, like cool. But if that's what works, it doesn't have to be that, but you have to, at the very least, do it to a point of like maintaining skill because eventually if you want to get better at those things, right, you have to, you either have to increase time or mm-hmm. like you say you to climb back up that hill. And then so this is something else I wanted to talk to you about is getting into night vision because i think a lot of people assume right you just flip down the nods and would be like splinter cell and the whole world turns green and then mm-hmm. it's, sl- out of it. nowhere. <laughs> it's it, it, like i honestly i thought i i thought for sure the first time i put on night vision i was like well it's just gonna be like walking around looking through like a blue tube and it's, it's definitely not that easy um the first time i went walking through the woods uh under nods dude i okay one i slipped like twice and uh i almost fell like probably five times and this is we only really re- like went through the woods for like maybe 20 minutes it was like an introductory thing with a couple of buddies and i was like man dude walking is so much harder with a night vision <laughs> and i feel dumb uh but just it shows well, you like that next step is often harder than you think if you're not you know maintaining
1: well it, it's kind of cool so um like if you're already a good shooter, right? In in daytime, uh, there's a small learning curve when you start changing the way that you're looking, right? So when you're when you're using night vision, or <clears throat> or if you start doing white light stuff, or like it, it's a small change in the way that you have to kind of function or manipulate the the situation so that it works better for you. Um, but if you already suck and you start trying to compound things, it's going to get worse. Um, but you'll find that night vision, the, the hardest thing to do is that walking and, and like understanding how far things are from you and knowing your, you know, the, the depth perception that you need to learn. Cause it's not that you lose any of those things. Like you didn't lose the, the knowledge on how to walk, right? Like
0: you've been right. doing that all
1: your life, Yeah. but like now looking at it without peripheral vision below you, you actually have to look there. Which is something that's different for us. We don't usually do that because we're not we're not confined to forty degrees of field of view that that our eyes give us. Our our eyes give us a whole big world. So we get a lot of information from that that we don't, you know, that you don't appreciate until you don't have it kind of thing. And once you learn how to deal with the forty degrees or or wherever amount of degrees that you're at, because um, some people go go big or go home kind of thing. Um, you, once you satisfy that, that understanding that, Hey, this is, I just need to move my head around more and look and kind of look before I step kind of things and learn how far things are now from me. Um, it gets really, really easy. And then shooting is just, how do I get my aiming device or what aiming device I'm using in front of my face or on the target? And then, uh, and then from there, it's, it's easy pick it. It's just shooting again. So it, it takes time, but people ask me, Actually, I had an email yesterday um, for a student that's coming to a class next year uh, for like one of the night vision CDB classes that I'm teaching. And he was like, hey, man, how do I prepare for this class? You know, like I'm a a decent shooter. I've worked in a team environment before, but like uh, I've never done it under night vision. I'm like, dude, just wear your night vision and like walk around the neighborhood or walk in your backyard or walk around the house in confined spaces with your night vision on you'll bump into some stuff. Don't, don't obviously go sprinting through your house, but like, you know, (laughs) take the time to learn, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, take your time to learn like how far doorknobs are, you know, from, from where you're looking and how, how much you have to step to get around this corner better or get around your, your kitchen counter or something, you know, you'll find that doing normal people things on a normal basis to like practice with your night vision is super easy. And it's, Probably the most beneficial way to get better with your night vision. Um, going and shooting with it is obviously linking your shooting skill and your being able to walk under night vision skill and putting them together. But other than that, it's it's really not rocket science. And it's I mean, think about it. They give it to eighteen year olds and send them off to war, you know, like
0: <clears throat> if they that's, can do it,
1: you could do it, right?
0: Yeah, that's um, a funny way to look at it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, accurate, but accurate, yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe you the same thing with an AR fifteen, right? Like, like it's not a hard like piece of equipment to learn how to use. And once again, you give them to the just out of high schoolers and send them off to war. So, like, if if you really think about it, like, none of this stuff is hard. It just takes a little bit of education and some dedication and a lot of practice. And once you get through that spectrum, then it takes a little bit of maintenance practice as you go and you know prolong that. And then you start stacking levels of, you know, thingamabobs that you have to think about at the same time.
0: That's it. That that was the difficult part for me really with trying to start. It, like we kind of did it all at once because we have a buddy mm-hmm. who has property and like three, like half of us have night vision. So we're like, we're just going to shoot. I'm like, well, I've never done a lot of this, let alone all of this at once. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I Like the, like the first rep mm-hmm. I did, it was like, it was so bad. I, we weren't, it wasn't anything hard. Like, you know, on the buzzer, you're going to put two rounds on a cardboard target and then you're going to run like, I don't know, 15 yards slightly forward to the right. And then another two rounds, like nothing crazy. And I got done. I was like, man, I feel great about that. And I watched the video, dude. I looked like a freaking, I like Sasquatch. Like my steps were super small. I looked uncomfortable. I was like, it just, cause I was so worried about tripping and like we had run drills in that exact same spot before the sun went down. So I knew there mm-hmm. was anything there, but I'm like, why do I look like a monkey trying to, you know, fuck a football? And it's just that lack of, I guess maybe confidence or, or, or it's new. Like it, it definitely takes getting used to just moving around underneath it. It just, it's just different.
1: Yeah. It's experience, right? Your experience level under night vision was very low and your experience level in your daily life with your regular eyeballs is very high. So mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference between those is what's happening there. But what's cool is if you use that, like keep that video, right? Like, Like make sure you keep it and practice that same exercise under night vision some more and give or take, like who knows in the future, make sure you film each time. You'll see that you can probably splice them all together and see the progression of how much better you get at just that one exercise and under night vision at that same distance same same exercise told in totality and you can actually see how much you went from failure to passing or learning in that process it, it's kind of cool man so uh, I, if if you can if uh, i i would say like see if you can borrow some night vision from one of your buddies and go run around the house for a while and go dry practice with it get comfy a little bit go do that drill again and you'll see how much better you'll be, you'll be at it. Like it'll be day and night or night, night, you know, like it <laughs> yeah. should be cool. So like, you, you definitely want to try it again, man. And I would say that if you put in a little bit of time, like I said, with the night vision, like it'll become easy. It'll become similar to your daytime runs. If you have a daytime run film too.
0: And, and the one thing I, that I was going into this, you know, like, expecting. um, I bought a PBS 14 because mm-hmm. that's just, you know, finances, what that allowed for. in my first step into, I mean, most people start there and I had a, it's a solid, friends.
1: solid choice.
0: I love it, honestly, but I was expecting it to be a worse experience because I'd been told like, Oh, you know, if you spend too much time under it, then you know, you're going to get all kinds of wicked headaches and your field of view is going to be like half of normal because you only have one eye and I'm like, Oh, okay. So the first time I put on, I'm like, not really get any of these things. I don't really understand. So like, do you get that question a lot where people are like, do I have to drop yeah. 10 grand on dual tubes? Like, am I going to no. really be disadvantaged? So,
1: uh, almost, almost every day, right? So um, <laughs> I should make like a cookie cutter answer for this, but essentially mm-hmm. like going from one tube to two tubes, um, unless you're panning them outward, uh, you have the same field of view. So it's four degrees with one, or it's 40 degrees with two because our eyes converge just like binoculars so what you'll find is that convergence point out at whatever distance that you're looking is still just 40 degrees it's one one circle so i mean with the panoramic stuff that's coming out and things that you can do with them you can start to pan them out further and get like 60 maybe 70 sometimes but like uh like you're missing out on a couple other things when you're doing that but either way um yeah. a 14 i think is super viable like super viable it's it's one of the most i would say it's the glock 19 of the night vision world and that's that's kind of like i stole that from sam houston um who who worked for green line tactical and for uh warrior Poet society but sam used to work for TNBC and before that he worked in uh, a couple branches of the military uh doing night vision shit right and fixing it you know essentially living in the night vision world and um on on the the like building and like understanding side of it not the the user side of it and then he got into the user side of it and that's been you know fantastic he's he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to night vision um but like the 14 like i mean people have been using it for years and years i still think it's a way better system than like the pbs 7s that are mirror image in both eyes Um, it's also, I would say like the people that have PBS 14s actually have more options when it comes to like the way that they want to shoot and use their night vision versus the dual tube, because they have an eye selection that they can play around with and kind of see what they want to use. Um, so like white lighting stuff and things like that turns into a better, better situation for them where it gets bad for the PBS 14 is when it comes to driving, it's a little bit harder in my in okay. my experience personally, um, and then and then the other thing is using smaller tubed optics. So whether they're handgun optics or they're actual rifle optics, if you're not using a big window with uh, a 14, uh, passive shooting becomes a little bit more difficult because the the dot is blooming to a certain extent, bright enough to block a lot of information. Or you dim it down, and then you cannot go white light, or you can't turn on IR because then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna uh, wash it out. So that's where it becomes harder because with my left eye I can see my target, and my right eye I can see my sighting system, and then I converge the images in my brain, and I could still take shots even with a bright dot under night vision. So uh, I, I but, was gonna say
0: that was one of the things I thought, and I've never used dual tubes, but I was surprised at how easy the um passive aiming was like and i run an eotech so nice big window mm-hmm. and everything but yeah um <clears throat> even just playing around with passive aiming because at first i was like well i have to have a laser like i can't i can't shoot under night vision without a laser like that's just ridiculous and then having some conversations yeah. with guys they're like well actually there's times when you shouldn't use the laser i'm like oh okay well shit all right so i'm like it, that like merged image actually really does make it like the natural easier. eye in the night. it does make it quite a bit easier but mm-hmm. um I don't even want to think what it would be like with like a T2 or something like super small optic or something. So
1: it's, it's worth trying so that you can like kind of see, but mm-hmm. it's essentially just being overwhelmed with the amount of light that's coming through the T2 from the dot, right? The, the actual, like it, the the red dot that's in there um, from the diode. And that reflection of that light is, is usually too bright for, uh, single tube peeps to see through it because there's not a lot, a lot of light transmission through the tube. You have to dim it down a lot to be able to use it passively. And even then there's a lot less information coming through that little guy uh, than you would out of a, a larger window. So the big boy aim, aim points, the comp M3, comp M4s, um, the uh, the EOTech, the Hueys from Vortex, the big boy hollow suns that are the, the big holographic versions, mm-hmm. all of those solid optics for passive shooting uh with a 14 because you get enough light to come through um but you still have to kind of play around with what setting your your brightness needs to be at so that it works well for you because personally i keep my my the brightness levels on my dots to be bright enough to shoot them passive and bright enough to shoot them with white light because i want to have the option personally now, yeah. if I'm shooting like 200-yard pistol shots for funsies, I'll dim it down, obviously, so I can get a better refined shooting um, <clears throat> uh, aiming point. But other than that, like it usually stays at actually a little bit brighter than most people would want. Um, and you have to set those parameters for yourself, right? How are, how are you going to use your equipment? And how do you want to use your equipment? And what are the options available to you? And that's, that's what a lot of night vision classes uh, usually give you is a chance to like play around with all the different ways to be able to do certain things. And what you'll find is like, okay, this doesn't work for me with my setup currently, you know, this doesn't, this works for me better with this certain, this kind of setup. So then you can start tailoring yourself, like your equipment to what you've learned. So like, um, (laughs) I tell people all the time, like uh, dudes, like, if you go to a class or you go to a competition like you actually learn more about what you need and what you like need to buy next or whatever versus the other way around where you're like oh man before this class i need to buy all this shit and what you'll find is like if you go to a competition you don't have certain things people will lend it to you same in class most of the time they'll lend it to you and if if you contact the instructor like they'll probably bring an extra one for you like for example i had a dude that wanted to buy a suppressor and he already had a surefire mount on his or muzzle device on his rifle and i was like cool man i'll just bring my surefire you could try it out right and he was like no way and i was like yeah dude it's, it's not a big deal you just, you just <laughs> yeah put it on you just, you just ratchet it on. collar, <laughs> yeah and just rock on girl and so it was cool like he he had a blast he had he got to shoot it each night and uh and we just took it off and gave it back to me at the end of the night kind of thing but he was able to like get, get a feel for that suppressor and be like, I want it or I don't want it. But that was his decision afterwards. Whatever he makes out of it is his decision. Uh, all, all he got to do though, is put in some time and experience things. And then he could make a better decision based off of that. So like once again, education, man, education.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of educated decisions, and we're talking about night vision, do you have recommendations for people in the market for a laser? That civilians can actually buy because it is slim pickings out here. And like, I got a eighth, I got a D ball A three, I got it on a smoking deal for like eleven hundred bucks, like right after the holidays. And I, I, but like, I guess now prices are back up, and the at pile C's I've heard are kind of not awesome. Uh, and yeah. even not being great, people are still charging like two grand secondhand for them and stuff. Um, and I. I don't know why. I'm personally apprehensive about buying sun stuff, which is dumb. I mean, like I, I carry a 407K on my 43X. So like the optics been great, but I hear weird stuff about their lasers and everything. I just don't know what else is out so, there. And what good, you know, choices uh, are.
1: So on the civilian side or or Civi powered lasers, um, the A3 is not terrible. Um, the app L C is definitely like the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion. Um from there like so like if we had to rate them from bottom to top in my opinion and <clears throat> in my experience it goes from the APLCs the bottom of the barrel then you get like the the A3 I'm sorry bottom of the barrel is the I squared from oh, the Siner.
0: yeah the the IR and um so, illuminator no visible laser right uh,
1: either that or they do laser IR laser on one side and visible laser on the other side there's a couple variants but I'm I'm not a big fan of the i squares. I see so them die all the time. Um it was contract based. Somebody asked for it, just like anything anything else that's made. Um, so that's pretty much bottom of the barrel. Then you got the app which is pretty shitty. Um somebody actually came out with a diffuser that allows you to uh change the the width of uh, the illuminator.
0: Villain, villain weapon systems, yep.
1: Yep. So really cool, but like now you have to buy a $2000 like shit laser to add a piece to it um which if you want that look like it's not my money like you do you i'm not your real dad so you can do whatever you want um <laughs> so then um from there it's like the Steiner A3s the civvy powered ones because the full power ones are awesome um they they're actually really good <laughs> the, but the, the the
0: A2s i think yeah
1: yeah the, the the a3s and then the the d2 from steiner is the next one up from there in my opinion and the d2's got a great illuminator so if that's like what you're looking for kind of thing and you don't care about how big it is that's i couldn't on. get
0: i couldn't get past it it looked so ugly and huge and i was like i can't do this <laughs>
1: it's it's a, a
0: super super
1: functional laser like keeps up with the malls it, it's actually a very very good laser but it it's ginormous so, uh, like, that's why it kind of sits there for me. And then if you like it on its same level or like parallel to it, in my opinion, not in performance, but like, if you didn't care about the illuminator being as bright, but you wanted a good clean laser and a clean illuminator, that's where the hollow sun, um, what is it? The LSG, uh, yeah,
0: the, three, yeah, L- the uh, sorry,
1: LS321G is the one, I have three of them that I use for like uh, the rentals that I have yeah. and, um, and people beat them up all the time. They're dialing on them all the time. They're messing with them all the time, <laughs> mounting them, dismounting them. And they've been really good. So, and that's only a sample size of three. So I can't speak for the entire line of fucking products, but it's been really cool to see them for the last, I think what, three years now that mm-hmm. they've been being loaned out all over the place. Um, So they're pretty good. They have a good illuminator. They have a decent laser and a decent um, uh, vis laser too. But what I like the most out of them is that everything is uh, uh, slave together. So there's no like illuminator has to be dialed and the laser has to be dialed. And it's not like, you know, a boob that's not looking at you sometimes (laughs) with the laser and the illuminator. You know, they're always centered because they're always... uh, Uh, what you call it slave together so that's really nice uh, really nice thing and it's simple uh, laser to use the settings are easy and I think the also the price is right so for for the majority of people the only thing I would say is the mount sucks Um, it's not the best mount and they kind of cheaped out on it but if you like clamp it on you know what
0: that's show I, keep, I keep looking because I know they uh, like American defense, I think came out with a aftermarket mount for the, uh, for the a three and stuff. Yeah. And was, I'm the, hoping the they'll whole, do the same, but
1: the whole pattern is different. So it doesn't work on these, but uh, yeah, I mean, we could hope, but if not, no big deal. But once you put this stupid latch that they have on it and you lock it in place on your rail on the other side, there's a screw with good old torques, just torque that bad boy down. Mm-hmm. and and just tighten her down as, as good as you can nice and snug don't break shit but uh but you can you can get these lasers to be really solid and stay on really well um the other thing i really like about them is that the illuminator has a knobby back here versus on the front so i don't have to get my finger by a muzzle or that's
0: such a pain in the ass on the a3 i was literally yeah. sitting there under nods like okay hold on and you're moving this thing like a quarter turn at a time like is it getting wider? Like uh, yeah,
1: I think. and the and the diffuser cap is in the way and stuff. It's yeah, uh, it's no fun. So the I think Holson with the the uh LS three two one G did a really good job with this thing. And it's it's small, dude. It's teeny tiny. Like uh, let's see if there's something I could reference that you would know.
0: Like a deck of cards or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh. A little smaller actually. So here's a Air fifteen mag. So like it's like
0: yeah, half the length of a P mag and about the same width. Like that's, that's really that. Yeah. I mean, for the size and yeah. everything.
1: So in my opinion, they make a good, that, that laser, at least, I've had really good luck with it. Um, and it's, and it's been pretty solid. So if you're putting it on a fun gun, rock on man, if you're doing it on a training gun, you could probably do the same thing. Um, I would say, I mean, depending on how much you use it and test it for yourself, right? Because you gotta you gotta make sure yours isn't a piece of shit. Right. Um, like once you do that, you may be able to like you could use it for like home defense or like shit has fan or whatever other crazy you know fantasies you have. Um, but like it's not a bad laser at all, man. I I've been very happy with mine, but like I said, I only have three of them. Um, and then uh. And then they've been they've been good because they are they've been tested by mostly students, <laughs> like yeah. dudes dudes doing things for the first time, you know, messing things up for the first time, and it's been it's been solid, so it's kind of cool. So the uh, and then from there you get the like the mall C one plus, um, and if you can get your hands on a raid xe. Like mall and mall C1 plus and the raid XE, like the Civi one, are pretty damn solid,
0: dude. I've heard the raids uh, are well, a, they're super expensive, just like the mall, but I've heard they're yeah, very unobtainium, like a like a Currently, unicorn yeah. or something, like you, just, you can't find them for some reason.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't even have one at the, at the moment. I have a, an old raid X, like the original ones that came out before they had that hiatus for two years, where they're like, it's coming out in a month, like, and they didn't. So, um, <laughs> which uh, the Radex is, is a solid laser. I've been very happy with it and there's some haters out there and stuff, but like, I don't care. Like, I think, I think people hate on things because they like, they just have nothing better to do, but if you don't like it, cool. Just don't use it. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, I, don't, that.
0: I don't get that. I mean, it, I get the frustration, like, Hey, it's going to be here in a month. It'll be here in two months. Kind of like the same story we got with this, uh, the OGL. That was supposed to yeah. be out the beginning of the year, and it's like, well, it's out for military and law enforcement, and civilian will be out by year end. And then, by the way, we're also going to charge you eight hundred dollars more than we said we would. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I mean, I, I get right. Well, I get that's, the frustration. That's but for you. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, like bitching about it's not going to fix anything. They're not going to like, hey, the internet's upset at us. We're going to fix this. It's not like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Like, they're they're, they're going to make their money. So yeah, no,
1: exactly. They don't they don't need us. <laughs>
0: Right, they They'll want be just us. Fine. They don't need us. Yeah,
1: but um, yeah, we're like we're like the uh, the mistress, you know. So uh, we're not we're not the actual wife.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't actually get taken care of. We just get like yeah, secondhand attention. Y- you get the seconds, and and the apartment somewhere, um, and, and some of your bills
1: paid for, right. Uh, so <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, through, through all those civvy powered lasers, I, that's kind of the order I go in when it comes to like how I like them. And, um, and like, depending on, on like what your needs are, uh, the bottom two, I w- I would just skip over them real quick. Um, the A3 is still good, but, um, depending on your illuminator and how it was, um, refracted or diffused or whatever method they use for opening it up into an illuminator, Uh, it could create all those bubbles that look like you're looking through like a Petri dish. Um, Oh yeah. uh, So you could get one of those. You can have a really clean one. I've seen some clean ones. Um, And then, and then from there you have the D2 and the LSG uh, LS321G. And then you have the, the raid XE and the mall C one plus. So like depending on your use case, like that's the order I would go in use case and budget probably. Like, yeah, that's where you're going to see like the uh, the differences. I will say the majority of people that go out to like a night vision class and we start shooting farther um, than like 100 yards. Even at 100 yards, usually um, anything but the the mall. And I believe the XC uh, would be fine, like everything else. Oh, I'm sorry. In the D uh, the D2s, everybody else struggles quite a bit to get their illuminators to see deep enough um in the darkness and uh and most people are like hey can you illuminate that for me and you get some love from the dudes that have malls and stuff so it's not end-all be-all but it it is something like you're limiting capability by getting something um on on the lower spectrum but uh but really like if you can get something that's on the lower spectrum and then just start saving up for something higher end or whatever if you're really into it that much that really want the capability then rock on and nothing wrong with that in my opinion um we all had to start somewhere just like with our shooting man we all suck yeah. at some point and we just had to work our way to get better and some dudes did it faster than others so <clears throat> depending on your circumstances
0: well thanks i that that helps me because i think the, the like i have two rifles and I only have one laser so i'm like well do i do i go with another steiner you know go with another d ball or do I, you know, take roll the dice? As well, I was like, I was worried about buying the Hollow Sun laser because um, I'd heard mixed reviews on them. But I'll probably, I'll probably give it a shot, and I, it sounds like it'll be fine. Honestly, um, yeah,
1: it it most likely will be. Um Oh, uh, one laser I didn't mention that's that's Civi available to, and you don't have to like, you know, gray market it. Is the uh, the purse? Right. Oh, all the Russian lasers. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're a little weird. Um, but they're usable. I've had a few of them in classes that the dudes did fine. They were able to zero it as long as you can read the English portion of the instructions and you understand how to use them. Like it's, they're not that bad. Um, what I did like is that they, they put on their switches, right? Cause they have proprietary switches for their, um, their lasers. The, the pressure pad and switch also have the illuminator adjustment for brightness and width and stuff. And then it also have I have seen a couple that have settings on them. So you can change oh, okay. your settings on your Switch. So it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's a really nifty idea. And I know the new raids that are coming out have that same uh concept going on. So kind of cool. But yeah, like uh that that was one I forgot. We and can get in
0: we can get the purse here as civilians.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it I, I don't know where you buy them from because I haven't like ponied up the money to buy one. Um they're kind of like the price range is in between the, I would say, like the A threes and and APLCs and the mall, right? They're somewhere in between there. Some of them run for like eighteen hundred bucks to, and then some run for like around eleven hundred, uh, for like the laser only models. Sure. So like you you can get them. Uh, I'm sure you can look them up. I think it's Zinco or Zyco or something like that that you can buy them yeah. off of um and if you're using like an ak you should have one like every ak that i've had come through my night vision classes has one and it's pretty solid (laughs) um but uh but it's cool it's it's just a different kind of laser and you have to make sure you pay attention to how you use it and how the settings work and stuff like that because it's slightly different it's not as standardized or somewhat standardized as like the majority of lasers that we have now as in, in the u.s so you may get like um a cherry and stuff like that but you'll you'll have a full power laser as a civilian um it's it's just for whatever reason they figured out a way to like skirt the system. fda or not yeah. care about what they say or whatever i don't know i don't know how they they get away with it but either way uh i've had plenty of them in classes that i'm like oh cool like you've got radiation coming off the front of your gun that, that looks like it burns. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's that's very awesome. unrestricted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's functional, man. It's functional. And then, um, yeah. So that was one I forgot.
0: Well, that, that helps. So hopefully anybody listening, if you're looking right, getting into night vision getting into it, that's always like the next, like my brother is looking at getting a PBS 14 after spending months of going, why do you need that? I'm never going to do that. Came out and shot with us under night vision. <clears throat> First thing he said when we like wrapped up was, "Fuck you guys! Now I want to go spend three grand or whatever on on a tube and everything." And looking at a laser, he's like, "Man, I don't know what am I supposed to do here? I don't want to spend a ton of money." I'm like, "Well, you're gonna have to spend a ton of money." So yeah, night vision is a black hole. Yeah, it doesn't get. He's like, "Is so there any way I can cut some corners or like a budget option?" I'm like, "Not with night vision. No, not not really. No." It doesn't there
1: are budget options but you're not going to like the output. <laughs> you're not going to have a
0: good time. Yeah, no. he sent me a couple. He's like, uh is Gen 2 bad? I'm like um it's not awful but it's 30 plus years old so maybe just spend a couple of bucks more and have a better time with it.
1: I I would definitely yeah, I would definitely um spend a little money on your intensifier tube for sure. That's that's where I would put the majority of my money when it comes to night vision. Oh, um definitely.
0: And, Yeah, I mean, like if you can't see, like you can't shoot, right? Once again, at that point, you just, you just might as well light the money on fire then because you just spent $2,500 and you still can't see in the night. You could, you could also get the, uh,
1: the good old Amazon or wish.com night vision. and Pretend you,
0: you could see or whatever. So, Oh, is that, was that that, like that ATM, like the Wolf 14 or that, that weird, like something weird like that. Yeah that oversized stuff. Yeah. Now that's yeah. Every, anybody listening, avoid all of that, avoid the site, Mark night vision and all that stuff. Just go to, go to steel industries, great company. They do good stuff. They have good products. They'll take care of you. Like that's who I bought mine from. And actually, so did all my friends. So, um, good company. I don't, I can also recommend nocturne industry or not nocturnality, but like
1: nocturnality.
0: uh, Yeah. Scott. Yeah. And Scott was great when we had him on. He, he was yeah. very knowledgeable
1: yeah so 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 the staff at nocturnality uh hosts me every year for a class and the dudes at steel industries are all alumni
0: hot's oh, badass
1: yeah so kind of cool so oh, they're, awesome. they're actually people that go out and seek training or go practice and get better and stuff like that it's always good to see that and um and out of people that are going to be selling the product it's it's better if you understand it so it makes sense that they would come out
0: um See, like a dumbass when i t- I said Duncan out at the beginning of the year and i asked him i was like what kind of laser should i get and he was like i don't know that i would go with the d-ball for the money might I get the same performance right out of the hollow sun. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I bought a Steiner anyway. Um, it hasn't been bad, you know, but I just didn't listen. It's like one of those people like ask people for their input and their expert opinion. And you're like, That's Oh, cool. I'll do the other thing anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it looks cooler or whatever. I don't fucking know. No, I mean it, you'd be
1: surprised like the, the, uh, at least that hollow sun is actually pretty solid. So uh, definitely, definitely give it a try. If if you have um if you have the need for one and you don't want to spend big boy bucks on stuff like that's I think I bought mine like uh let's see for like six hundred a piece something yeah. like that
0: that's they were but, they were going for about six or six fifty maybe around the holidays I know now they're like yeah. eight hundred bucks but I I was looking pretty hard at them, like man six hundred bucks that sounds pretty good. And, and I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy running around with the Chinese laser. So then right. I bought. I was like, this is dumb, stupid thoughts, you know, like the weird way you justify how to spend money on things you don't necessarily need to, but to you, everybody, do you, dude. yeah,
1: it's everybody. We, but,
0: we all justify in our own ways. No, we, we do. Uh, and I'm probably more neurotic than most folks, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> um, but John, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate you know, with, I know you got a lot going on. Um, and I know you, you travel a ton, you know, with everything you're doing. So appreciate the hell out of, you know, being able to sit down and and chat here. Um, before we, I wrap it, where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you're doing or, uh, your class schedule and stuff, where are you at online? So if you go to my
1: website, uh, kinetic dash consulting.net, um everything's linked there so you, you want to find my youtube channel you want to find my patreon you want to find my instagram or my facebook or any of that stuff um it's all linked through my website um you'll also see my class schedules on my home page and they're all hyperlinks so like you see one you like you click on it it'll take you right to the description and and where to register and stuff um it's really user friendly uh because I'm a student as well and I hate going to people's websites and I'm like how do I read their calendar like this is ridiculous yep. um so I I try to make it really really easy and everything's a drop down menu and stuff like that so my website's the best spot to go for all that information and then um and then yeah if, if you want to go on any of the social media stuff and see the day to day or do the Q&As and stuff like that or watch videos like that's all linked through there as well
0: Awesome. Well, again, uh, I thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It's been Absolutely, super man. Cool. Um, and I, you know, hopefully we can connect in the future, do it again. Um, it's been a total blast, man. So I, I appreciate it and, uh, stay safe out there and we'll be in touch. Will do, man. I appreciate you having me. So I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed the discussion with, uh, with John Dufrain. uh, Duffy, John, whatever you guys uh, know him as. Uh, it was great. <clears throat> um, I had, a, had an awesome time talking with him. Uh, tons of knowledge, you know, just absolutely tons. And he's one of those guys out there who teaches on a lot of things, um, especially night vision. You know, he offers like night vision specific curriculum. If you guys have been uh, following the podcast and our social media and things for any length of time, you know that in the last Six or eight, you know, six or so months here. Uh, I've stepped into the world of night vision. Uh, my friends are getting into night vision. Hopefully, my brother is also getting into night vision. So, having the opportunity to talk to him about that is is obviously super valuable, but also really cool to hear his perspective and his take on you know things like training in the military that we we got into and and how to approach teaching. You know, and I almost prefer to call it teaching rather than training or instructing or anything because you really are. You're, you're teaching and mentoring, so it's really cool when we get the opportunity or I get the opportunity to sit down with some of these people in the industry, uh, in the instructional space, if you will, and hear <clears throat> that... They think about these things, uh, a lot of these these individuals, the same way that you or I do. You know, it doesn't need to be um, an I'm better than you thing. It needs to be a comfortable learning environment, and that can mean a lot of different things. It doesn't have to mean, you know, uh, everyone gets an I tried medal or something. It just needs to be an environment that creates a good opportunity for learning to take place. Uh, so like I said, cool to hear, you know, Duffy's take on that stuff and, and, and what, he does with his students and how he runs his classes, as well as obviously getting into, you know, some of the testing things and, and hearing about the stuff that he's done. So, uh, I was very much excited for the opportunity to sit down and talk to him. He's somebody that, you know, like I said, in the beginning of the discussion there, I, I follow all of his content. Uh, I very much look to him, uh, as a source of information and in a lot of ways, a uh, uh, a point of guidance uh when I'm going to you know uh set up gear or um make make informed purchases right there's there's a handful of people that I follow um that I look to because I I trust um their their analytical process I trust how they do things and the kind of information they put out and how how they put that information out. So I, uh, really one of the guys that I've very much been looking forward to speaking with and, and it's just so cool, right. That I get that opportunity through the pod. So I, I very much enjoyed it and I do very much so hope that you guys did as well. Um, got another, another guest lined up next week that I think is going to be really cool, um, in a different way that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, I'm looking forward to that one as well. So hope you guys stay tuned. Thank you as always for all of your support and hanging around listening. Uh, but next week's going to be great as well. This one was awesome. Tell your friends, tell your family, give us a like, give us a follow, help support what we're doing here at prepared mindset. But until next week, you guys get out there, work hard, train smarter. And like we say here, be prepared.